So you are only as good as your last project and your last goal and your last accomplishment. That's not good, right? Because you don't have a consistent sense of self. So if I take away this identity, which is linked to your job or your role, or you know, you're like the fact that you're a parent, etc., when all those things are taken away, who on earth are you? I'm Krati Mehra, and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. How to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy, and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness, because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome to episode number six of Beyond the Goals. And in this episode, we are in conversation with Dr. Perpetua Neo about some of the most frequently asked questions and challenges that we all face at some point in our journey. Like what one should do when they have the life that they want, but it fails to live up to their expectations. What if your hustle fails to give you the results you want? How do you recover from the consequent disappointment? Or the process of finding your life purpose, reevaluating, reorganizing your goals, and much more. I'm also very excited to introduce you to today's guest because she's kind of nerdy, as you'll notice during the interview, which makes her my favorite kind of people. But let me tell you a few things you should know about Dr. Neo. She helps high performers and organizations figure out how best to improve and find growth in their chosen field. As an executive coach and psychologist, she helps her clients through a process she defines as mastering your biography. But apart from being an expert, Neo has first-hand knowledge of building the life you want, even as you navigate a path littered with pain, confusion, and one too many unpleasant surprises. What's more, our guest also brings with her a unique brand of empathy because of certain personality traits as you'll learn during the interview. So let's dive in and find the answers to some very pertinent questions. Very happy to be on this today, so thank you for having me. Thank you so much for making time. I have three big questions, Okay. uh, but we'll begin with the most important one, and this one is actually very central to the theme of this podcast. The reason I created uh, Beyond the Goals was because I I met all of these people, I worked with them, or even counseled some of them, and I they were all people who had their life arranged exactly as they wanted it to be. They achieved their goals, but instead of enjoying a sense of accomplishment, a sense of satisfaction, contentment, they were battling with anxiety. They had depression, and they were just generally unhappy with how things were. But you would think that someone who's living their passion and who has life exactly the way they, you know, living their ideal life, I didn't quite... I wasn't quite able to understand without there being a bigger issue at play why these people were so dissatisfied with how their life was turning out or or they were just you know you would expect them to have a sense of contentment that would spill over onto other areas of their life but that was not the case so so what is your opinion why does that happen that if people living their passion are struggling so much then you know what hope do other people have well, I mean, like, I, I get it, you know, when you say something like that, it sounds a lot like what hope does the rest of, do the rest of us have? Because if somebody living according to their passion and their dreams is living that way, then how can we actually achieve our passions, one, and two, actually live the life that we want? You know, it's like almost like you reach the finishing point and then you realize that, um, that the Emerald City in the Wizard of Oz is actually not green. So it's that yeah. thing. But then I will invite people to actually think, what exactly is passion? So uh, is, are we really sure that these people are living their passion or is this a dream that somebody actually defined for them and gave it to them? So that makes a hell of a difference, you know. So for instance, I come from Singapore, I live in Singapore right now, and uh, a lot of it is, uh, a lot of lives growing up in my era was essentially uh, you have to be a doctor or a lawyer in order to be doing the right thing in life. And so, you know, like even if you're, so you might think it's your passion, so when I was younger, I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician, but you know, it was not my passion. It's actually my dad's idea to be a doctor. <laughs> so, and then as you grow up, you kind of realize that what's really yours, um, you want to ask yourself, is this really your passion? Or is this something that you can convince yourself as your passion? And another thing, you know, with regards to people who reach a finishing line or, and then they feel this way is also a question of burnout. So maybe they've been working so hard and they've not been able to master their anxiety and everything else or their frustrations and their energy. 
So what happens is that you burn out. So burn out means essentially you lose your mojo in life. You get really exhausted and nothing seems to interest you anymore. You either eat too much, eat too little, you sleep too much, you sleep too little, and life just doesn't seem meaningful anymore. So, you know, like, and everybody will burn out at some point in their lives unless you learn early on how to master your energy. And people actually burn out multiple times. And the third thing I would say would be this thing in terms of uh, your sense of self. So it's a sense of self in, located internally or externally. So if you achieve all this really amazing stuff, you know, whether it's a real passion or whether it's something that somebody gave to you, you know, it's a big goal that society gives you. And actually, I think, you know, there's something great about being able to reach these goals that even somebody else gave to you. Okay, so whatever it is, you know, like a lot of us actually define ourselves according to something external to us. And when that happens, you know, okay, so before then, let's talk about this thing called hedonic adaptation. Humans are great at hedonic adaptation, meaning that something big, something amazing, a new accomplishment, a big shiny car is only going to make us happy for a certain amount of time. Then we get used to that. Then the threshold increases and increases and increases. And so, you know, like, so you are only as good as your last project and your last goal and your last accomplishment. That's not good, right? Because you don't have a consistent sense of self. So if I take away this identity, which is linked to your job or your role, or, you know, you're like the fact that you're a parent, etc. When all those things are taken away, who on earth are you? That is the question. So if you can't define yourself, you don't know yourself, you don't know your values, then you're not going to actually find that sense of peace and contentment. And much as human beings are really good in what I call cognitive photoshopping away, you know, telling ourselves that, you know, it's no big deal, be happy, be grateful. Um, we lie to ourselves about our feelings and we don't even know what, how we're feeling. I'm not saying we swept away our feelings, but I'm saying that feelings are data. Okay, so if we can't integrate heart and head and soul and everything else, then we're going to be swept away in this, you know, ocean. And we're going to feel right. untethered. And that's not good at okay. all. So if you can accomplish this sense of actually knowing who you are and allowing yourself to change as well, then it's going to be mm -hmm. very different as compared to defining yourself according to your passions, your dreams and your goals. Okay. So, but how do we begin that process? Because isn't that like the question these days? Because despite the fact that there has been somewhat of a shift towards spiritual awareness, towards, you know, growth beyond the conventional ideas, that people still are not as self-aware. They still have no idea of who they really are. So how do you begin that process? Oh God, I love this question. <laughs> because <laughs> this is actually a lot of my clients come to me, you know, you'll be surprised how all the of this overachieving clients have done way too much for their age, you know, accomplished way yeah. too much for their age, a really amazing yeah. life are actually coming to me and asking, you know what, like I really don't know what who the, who the hell I am. And so, you know, so there's there's two ways of uh, there's two ways that I'll go about that, you know, like um it's and both ways are going to feed into each other. One way that I do is essentially I look at a personality. And while I know you know you can do your 16 type MBTI, uh, that's really long and clunky, and not a lot of science is behind that, even though it excites the hell out of this. So you know there's other things like the big five, you know, like how open, conscientious, uh, extroverted versus introverted, mm -hmm, agreeable, mm -hmm. and neurotic you are. So they all exist along spectrums. So personality is largely wired into you, although we can change, okay, except that what we need to actually consciously embark on that it's kind of like we all can grow muscles but you actually have to go and lift <laughs> the yes, dumbbell yes. right and you've got to go running if you need to lose the weight so in the same way you know first uh, a quick like exploration of your personality type you know are you type a to type d which one are you what uh what kind of sleep patterns what kind of sleep personality do you have i find that really really important because you know like um, for instance i am an extreme night owl okay and it's okay. like my my body is just wired that way so if i try to become an early bird I'm going to be really angry with myself and I'm going to hate myself. Okay, And I, yeah, maybe I could force myself, but that's not me and I don't know how to design my life that way. So essentially, personality is about you know, knowing the ways in which you're wired so you can understand how to design a life around that. How to tell people, you know what, hey, I'm introvert, so you know what, like um, I want to hang out with you, but I actually don't enjoy weekly clubs, um, clubbing sessions every Friday. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. let's hang out and have coffee because we both love coffee. You know, things like that. So if you know that and know how to understand the rules of the game in life, you know, like for instance, we need to network. So that's the rule of the game. But I know who I am, so I'm going to network as an introvert so that, you know, like the inside and the outside, the outside rules and my inside personality can play off each other. Then I can be more me and shine as me while still being able to thrive in society. So that's one, okay. you know, know, know who you are, know the rules and be more you. Okay, and then the second thing is to actually be very aware of what's going on inside you. 
So, you know, first thing would be be aware of human nature. A lot of us expect ourselves to be automatons. So mm-hmm. it's almost like, you know, like those, uh, I always tell you, you're not data on Star Trek. You have emotions. And even data on Star Trek, you know, um, was actually trying to have emotions. So, you know, like a lot of us who kind of think that I need to bypass the fact that I have feelings. I need to, if I have anxiety, it means I'm useless as a person. But actually, no, all this stuff evolved to help us survive. Because um, if we actually, you know, like say, let's even talk about something really fundamental. If I am accidentally touching a boiling kettle, I don't have time for me to consciously, consciously think, oh my god, it is so hot. My body is automatically going to reflexively move my hand away. Otherwise, yes. I'm going to die. So in a sense, same way, we've actually evolved emotions and mental health uh, mechanisms to actually help us to survive the best that we can without even thinking. And yes, sometimes all this spiral into big muscles of their own and it takes us over. And this is where, you know, like our higher brain and our volition and everything else can actually take over to want to short circuit that. So, you know, mm-hmm. yes, my body's taken the best care of me the way it can, but I also have my responsibility to take care of my body and who I am. Yeah. So what I'm in this very long window way I'm saying, don't bypass your humanness. Know that it's do you know when at some points in your life, you know, you lose somebody, you lose your job, of course you're gonna grieve. So don't yes. beat yourself up for grieving. You know, if you let's say, you know, if let's say you are wired differently, like you know, I have ADHD, so you know, of course, you know, you're not going you're never going to be able to focus for like two hours on a piece of work unless this is something that totally envelops you in terms of passion and meaning. So don't expect yourself to be something else. Understand your humanness, don't bypass that. And then once you understand your humanness, you can learn how to actually understand, you know, other things about you. So, you know, one way I will teach my clients is to actually do this thing called a body map. Be very aware of how you're feeling during different circumstances. So there's this thing you can Google called the emotional vocabulary wheel or the feelings wheel. And it teaches you the different nuances of feelings. Because a lot of us just know, I feel good or I feel bad. Or even worse, I feel nothing. Okay? And actually, there's a lot of difference. So for instance, there's a difference between happiness and pleasure. And when you can actually know the nuances between the two of them, then you get a lot more connected to who you are. And then you can start making wise decisions. Uh, you know the author of the book, book thief, Marcus Zusak, he says that the longest distance any human being will ever take is the, this, the journey between your head and your heart. And when you can let the both of them talk to each other, then you're not crippled by either your emotions or your logic. Okay. If you're talking to someone who has no knowledge of these areas, what are some practical tools they can apply? Because what you've shared makes a lot of sense and, you know, you can take action on it. Like you talked about pr- uh, understanding your personality type, your sleep pattern, and, use, uh, you know, becoming emotionally aware and, you know, yeah. embracing your emotions and giving yourself yeah. permission to feel. But what are some of the practical tools that people can employ to become, you know, yeah. to master their identity or to just generally become more aware of who they are, what direction they're going, where okay. their emotions are guiding them? Okay, so from actually, well, okay. first step is you need to build a foundation. So you need to understand all that. So for instance, you know, personality, go, go talk to your friends about your strengths and your weaknesses and how they would describe you. That will teach you a lot of yourself. And that will also teach you to break out your shell because a lot of us think that, oh my God, this is so self-entitled and this is crazy. I'm never going to ask something like that. That actually has the second um, added uh, value of helping you to reach out to different people and learn to be vulnerable together. Okay, so that gives you a lot more information on how people are also perceiving you and just hidden strengths that you never knew you had. Um, other things I would do would be, I'll tell people, go take a good personality test. So, you know, yeah, I know MBTI is great, right? But I mean, lots of people love MBTI, but the science behind that is very, very weak or non-existent at best. So it's very interesting, but it's also very clunky because like, you know, people just get lost in that. And the point of knowing yourself is not to just obsess about yourself, but to do something about it. So for instance, if I know I'm extremely conscientious, so let's say my conscientious score on a big five is like, 12 out of 14 or 14 out of 14, then I'm going to know that, you know, that I need to, if then I can examine myself. If I keep telling myself that I'm a very lazy person, then that story has to change. I need to consciously update myself that, you know what, yeah, you're not lazy because, um, and all, you know, things like, so for instance, other people could be extremely agreeable. So agreeability means, uh, agreeableness means being able to be very cooperative, always seeking harmony and sometimes being overly diplomatic so you don't rock the boat. And when you're too agreeable, what happens is that you can be a bit of a doormat. People can step over you, take advantage of you, and yet you find the best ways to explain people's crap away. So 
when you know things like that, you'll be like, okay, I know I'm agreeable and my diplomacy is actually a very, very, um, it's a gift that I have. But at the same time, it's also my Achilles heel. So what can I do in terms of stepping up my boundaries and being a lot more assertive okay. while still being gracious? Can you understand what I'm saying, right. basically, based on that? Yes, so, yes. So, you know, it's not, it's, it's a question called, and then what? You know, you don't go to a retreat, get really excited, and then go back to real life after, you know, feeling calm or lo- losing a lot of weight, and then just going back to, you know, square one. That's not cool. So yes. when you read, when you do a personality test, or you explore yourself by, you know, journaling, talking to your friends, or doing, uh, you know, running an inventory or whatever else, you want to ask yourself, and then what do I do with this stuff? What kind of plan can I make? Okay. So taking action as you learn more and more about yourself. Yes. Okay. So And this leads me to, you know, another question that constantly, I think people, all any expert around the world has asked this question, how do I find my purpose? This is such a common question. This keeps coming up. And I don't think there is really one answer, but I think there is a, is a process to it. And I would love to hear your uh, take on that. So finding a purpose, you have to ask yourself, what are your values? What do you value most in life? So you know, I know it sounds a bit lofty, a bit first world problem. At the same time, you should be glad that you're first world problem. <laughs> okay, so remove that whole fact that you've got this, you have to examine that to find yourself. I mean, like, think of how bad life would be if you didn't have, if you had to worry about other things, rather than a first world problem. Yes. So, you know, so what I'm trying to say is you have permission to have this first world problem. Okay? And when we have that problem out of place, the fact that we have first one problem out of place, then we can explore who on earth we are. So as so we talk about our values, values can be very, very big stuff like um, freedom, love, kindness, justice, and equality. So which of this really resonate with you? Ask yourself, you know, like in which parts of your life have you always felt very, very angry? Okay? Because something what has made you really, really angry? burn up that passion in you because you know something's wrong with the way things are run in the system, with the way things are, what needs to change, or you know, or when were you ever very frustrated in your life. That will give you a clue as to what you really value in your life. Okay. And then you can start to explore. So, you know, don't stick it to one big value. Think about, you know, like I always tell people, what's your primary value? What's your secondary value? So you don't just pigeonhole yourself. Okay. And, you know, values can also be worked on in different parts of your life. So, you know, for instance, you don't have to get a job that just lives your value. Especially, you know, let's say, you know, you're just starting your work or, you know, you're in your 30s, you've got family to feed and everything else. Or, you know, right now we are going to plunge into an economic crisis. So, you know, talking about just living according to your values all day in your work is not exactly yeah. the most practical. You have to be practical. you got to eat. Mm-hmm. Okay. So ask yourself, in which parts of my life can I actually live that value? Okay. So you don't have to just, you know, uh, like, like just quit your job and go to go experiment. So you can always make a difference in some parts of your life. And as you experiment and you realize you're not very comfortable with that, you know, you're comfortable with the discomfort of living that way because it's something completely new to you. Mm-hmm. And you are and you're realizing that over time this is something that you really, really love in your life, then you can amplify it. Okay. So yeah, so self-discovery you know like do it in small little chunks uh just practice don't just envelop your whole life in it because you're gonna feel overwhelmed okay that makes sense so gradual change small steps totally. towards perhaps creating a life that's all about it but yeah you know gradually yes okay, that makes sense but you know it leads me to ask you another question uh, that mm-hmm. social media you know it this has like a massive role to play in our lives now and mm-hmm. i think when people are doing this this you know embarking on this journey of self-discovery i think social media gets in the way of that because there is a whole other life portrayed on social media yeah and i think what happens is that even as we are beginning to recognize what we truly value mm-hmm. we see this whole other life playing out on social media we see yeah. all of these people that we don't even know but living life a certain way and we sort of lose our, um, you know, a sense of reality or we lose touch with that journey that we had just begun. So there are the values that we are beginning to realize we have, but then there is this portrayal of this other life and we start to think that we want a piece of that as well. So somewhere you get confused, you get lost, and you're not sure what is coming from within you and what is being projected as important to you. And you are internalizing that. So I, I love that because yeah, that's definitely a struggle that everybody has. Yeah, you know, like because 
but I think I think a lot of times it's really important for me personally to not live according to just a black or white. So I always subscribe to the Taoist philosophy or even like um, the Marxist Hegelian philosophy of the dialectics. So essentially, you know, um, okay. there's a there's two extremes, and mm-hmm. you, it's not never the twin shall meet. How can I play between both extremes? So you know, like so, like I said, you know, to be able to recognize your humanness, the fact that you're going to get anxious or angry at times, it's okay. So in the same way, you know, understanding that understand the rules of the game today, you know, like social media is part of our lives, and you know, like much as we can hate it, there's also a lot of things that we actually love about it. So don't just go go black. It's kind of like the fact that I don't have a TV because I don't need a TV, but I don't go. I hate the TV because I'm quite happy to watch TV at other people's houses. So you know, it's not about just having a really blanket obsessive statement in fact always question your own statements and beliefs all the time it's not going to drive you nuts that believe me sense. that okay yeah. you get used to that so you know so when it comes to this um, whole thing about social media then one very always remind yourself be very aware that somebody else's highlight wall does not tell you a lot of what's going on behind the scenes and true then ask yourself to also define what does social media mean to you you don't always have to seek out, you know, going to holidays and taking certain photos in certain ways unless you really like that, you know, um, as, as a way of living that prescribed life. Social media can have many different roles to you. And yes, you know, you might be worried how people portray you if you write in your quirky way or you know, do it in a different or much to your own beat. And yes. you can do some things that are socially acceptable because I'm sure you will like some things that are socially acceptable as well, right? <laughs> and then after that, you ask yourself, what is my purpose of social media? So, you know, like for instance, for me, my social media is um, is a way in which I practice photography skills because my photography used to be so shit, like so, so, so bad that it was a bit small, okay? So it's basically <laughs> a way in which I track how much I grow. It's my gratitude diary. It's also a way in which I practice writing because if I write about food, if I write about art, and any shit in the world, it means that actually I'm practicing a skill that I really love every day. So define what that means to you. And okay. I always tell people, you know what, like my food, so Instagram, don't follow me because when I feel like posting, I may spam 10 posts at a time. So if you consider spam, go away. <laughs> so, you know, essentially, I'm very, very honest and open about it. And yes. because that is my role, because that's my, you know, my food diary, my, my food journaling, my food reviewing. And that's how I make friends with a lot of different foodies in the world. Yes. Okay. So we all have different purposes in our life. So be very aware about what some, how something serves you. It's kind of like people say, oh, phones are bad. But really, phones are really bad. How are you going to live without technology yeah. today, especially, you know, in certain things? So again, you know, like, what does something mean to you? What does something do to you? And how can you master that? I think that's a lot more important than just saying something blanket like social media is bad and social media detracts us. Because when we say like that, we cripple ourselves. We make ourselves very powerless with regards to something external. But actually, we are all part of the conversation. True, that's true. So maybe defining what role social media plays in your life and, you know, maybe just keeping it restricted to some definite boundaries would help. Yeah. Okay, that yes. makes sense. Compartmentalize yes. it in your life. I think yeah. the biggest problem with social media are those fancy pictures that portray, you know, the perfect lifestyle. And I think that's what we start striving for, that, okay, you know what, maybe I yeah. can do that too. I can have the perfect relationship, the perfect job, the perfect house, the perfect car, the perfect kids. And is that, uh, you know, in your experience, I know you've spent a lot of time with a variety of people. Have you ever found that to be a possibility, the possibility of having it all? I think that having it all is absolutely possible okay. as long as you define what on earth that means to you, including having a flawed life. Okay? Like, so for, like, you know, like, wabi-sabi, the Japanese philosophy that, you know, imperfections with perfections, the other philosophy they have that I really love is kintsugi, meaning that, you know, when there's a bowl and it's broken, you don't throw it away. Instead, you fill that with gold. So that could be your version of having it all because life isn't static, you know? Like, for your, your having it all could mean the fact that you were born with maybe, you know, like certain things that were not, um, that did not advantage you in your life, okay? Whether it's the way you're wired or, you know, like your your, your social standing, your economic, uh, your finances and resources and being able to transcend that materially and mentally. That couldn't be having it all as well because you've grown a lot and you're beyond resilient. That's something to be really proud of. So, you know, like, right, so for some, right. for different people, different things matter. So we've all got different values, right? So, you know, like, for instance, I can very happily spend a lot of money on food, but there's some things that I refuse to spend money on. That is just bloody stupid to me, you know, just a waste of money. So it doesn't <laughs> align with my values. But does that mean just because I refuse to spend on um, 
let's say, okay, what are we going to spend on? Let's say I refuse to spend on buying, um, so, okay, so for instance, if I go to a bar and it's just wine that I don't like, I'm not going to drink it, full stop. Or it's wine served, like, you know, student bars, wine served in plastic, I'm not going to drink it at all. But does that mean that I don't have it all because I don't have money? No. It just means that these are just things I decide not to do with my life. So, you know, I think sometimes we are a bit too harsh in asking ourselves, what does it mean by having it all? People seek different things. Some people like clothes. Some people don't give a shit about clothes. And it's not because they don't understand yes. clothes. So, you know, again, ask yourself, what does this mean to you? And do the hard work of actually defining it. And that actually takes you a long way. Okay, so perfection is possible, but your version of perfection, you know, not the world projects as yes, their idea yes. of perfection. Mm-hmm. I yes. think then... And perfection it, yeah, isn't really a, isn't an outcome. It's really a process. True. But I think people will have to detach themselves from this, you know, what is projected as perfect. So how do we help uh-huh. people detach themselves from that, uh, that idea? You know, it, because money is what plays, I think, the biggest role when people make decisions in their life, especially when it comes to their passion, whether to follow it or not. I think we, need, we all need to have very honest conversations around money. And it's very politically incorrect. I'm not saying, you know, go around and ask everybody how much they earn. That's private. <laughs> you know, people are allowed to say none of your own business. You don't have to tell anybody anything in regard to that. Yeah. But we need to have important conversations around money because money is emotional fundamentally. You know, like, True. Why, is some, why does somebody happily spend, like, you know, $10 on crappy takeout, but every seven days a week refusing to, you know, to do something easier and healthier um, on their own? Versus, and then they say they can't spend $40 on a meal instead, you know? So we, we are never rational about money. That's a really big thing. So, yeah. you know, let's, let's, and let's face it as well. Money is also important to a certain extent, depending on the kind of life that you like, right? So, you know, if you've got an amount of money to give you that, set, um, that stability, mm-hmm. you know, to make sure that your bills are paid, to make sure that you've got savings and for during emergencies really important during COVID time. You know, like COVID's teaching us that yes, if we true. Did, you know, like yeah, you don't start saving money until you're in debt, essentially. And unfortunately a lot of us go to school and we never learn stuff like that. So, you know, let's acknowledge first that money is important, money is emotional, and it's hard to talk money, but let's change that idea and then then we ask ourselves, oh, what oh, what do I really want in my life? And some people actually value showing off. Some people actually value, you know, being having that glitter <laughs> yes, life on Instagram. Yes. Okay. And and that's you know, there are some people who actually wake up and say, What can I Instagram today? And you know, this is not for any of us to judge. <laughs> At the same time, if this is something that, that aligns to them right now because they have decided to make that choice, then I'll let them be. That think about your own your own relationship with money then. You know, how much money do you need for where you are right now and into your future in order to feel safe and stable? And then this will actually inform what kind of lifestyle that you actually need. It's money is like health. If you don't have either, you're going to be in a, a, a big like big bunch True. of trouble. So discipline yeah. needs to be there for your money and for your brain and for your body. Right. True. True. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, you mentioned that money is essential for us to feel safe. Okay. Now moving away from money, not making money the point of this conversation, okay. but, uh, you know, we say that growth happens in a place of discomfort, you know? Yes, of course. But yeah. I have found that a lot of people, when they feel unsafe, is when they are, you know, they're paralyzed. They don't they don't know how to move forward. They need a sense of stability uh, to grow because they need that safe environment. So how okay. do how do people balance it out? Because being safe all the time, I think, would make you stagnant. But if it leads to a bigger issue when you feel unsafe, it might also paralyze you, might also stop your growth. Yeah, got it. I love this question as well. You know, this is again, we're talking about the dialectic between safety uh-huh. and, risk and, you know, and risk. So then again, you know, ask yourself, in which part of life are you comfortable with risk and safety? Like, you know, in some right. parts of my life, I also experiment. In other parts of my life, I don't want to experiment okay. at all. Okay. You know, I need to make sure that it's, it's extremely conservative. So be very clear, you know, nobody's like a blanket, everything. Mm-hmm. And then after that, so, you know, you want to, so then safety with regards to comfort zone is not safety. That's just quick time. Okay. That's the difference. Okay. So uh, this is something that I always tell, like, I, it's, a, it's an observation that I have with my friends and with my clients as well, that, as human beings, over time, we calcify into worse versions of ourselves. 
So we get tired. Uh, we get tired. Life has a lot of responsibilities, and you know, we just decide not to see people. We decide not to work on ourselves. You know, we just want to watch Netflix and eat crap food in order to make ourselves feel better. You know, but that's a temporary medication, yes. and that's not safety. That's not stability. That's quicksand, and in quicksand, you basically become worse and worse, and you can see, and then your world starts to shrink. And the more your world shrinks, the more you learn to feel helpless. You know, Google this thing called learned helplessness. And the more you learn to feel hopeless as well. And then it becomes harder and harder to make changes. So first thing, be very aware of the difference between safety slash stability and quicksand. It's okay. a very big thing. Very big. There's a chasm between the two of them. They're not the same. And then, of course, you know, like, and then growth. Okay, so, you know, like, you can be contented with where you are in your life right now. But we know that life is never static. Life always changes. Tomorrow, you know, you may not be happy with this version of you, and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're in great. That just means that you know you just want to grow because life is about growth. And when you grow as well, it's not selfish. You're inspiring other people. You're inspiring the future version of yourself. You're inspiring your younger generations, and you're create. You're becoming this role model. You're leaving a legacy. So actually, I think growth is a really important thing. And of course, you know, so then we come to discomfort. So discomfort from that growth has to play with. I know I saw, it sounds very discordant, but in jazz, I know a lot of things are discordant and it still sounds really good, okay? So remember that. So it plays really well. This discomfort from growth actually plays really well with having some stability in your life. So for instance, you know, if I have money, I can buy all the books mm-hmm. I want, not just to hoard, but to actually read and apply. Right. If right. I have money, things become a lot easier. So I don't have to, I don't have to worry about spending money on a course or on hiring a mentor, a coach, a, a therapist, you know, or anyone who can help me. So that is what, you know, stability is about to me. If I wake up in a so for instance, my brain likes organized environments. So if I wake up in an organized environment, it's easier for me to actually focus on my work. That's okay. basically designing my lifestyle according to how my brain likes it. Obviously, you know, like if you bring somewhere chaotic, if I had to, I would be able to work there. But do I really want to? No. So, you know, it's a play between stability that okay. we need to understand and discomfort from growth. And yes, discomfort is scary because then we are talking about identity. You know, like we often have different stories about who we are, and there's also a certain what we call it in set therapy, a secondary game that keeps us happy even if we are a train wreck or <laughs> a deteriorating train wreck. <laughs> so yeah, because you know sometimes we have to be very honest with ourselves. Sometimes staying in a certain set, for instance, bad relationship gives us the attention, gives us the, and it's so stuck with our identity. So who the hell are we if we step out of that? You know, for a woman who is, you know, has been raising children for the last 10 years, totally like, you know, estranged from her friends and doesn't believe in herself anymore, how is she going to go back to work? Immediately in her head. Well, that's going to be a very, really scary thing. Yes. So, you know, like the fact that we have to be really honest with the fact that, you know, how the sting in quicksand actually serve us. Okay. Honesty with ourselves is terrifying. True. It's not fun. But it's also going to be one of the best gifts you can give yourself. So this is all that part of discomfort. And so, you know, like, you have think in terms of analogies, right? The first time you do a push-up, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's painful. Yes. Especially if not upper body strength. Yes. Like me. Okay? <laughs> okay? The first time I needed dough for pasta that was during lockdown, oh my god, my hands were hurting. But you know what? Like I pushed through because I know that eventually the muscles are going to come out and the food's going to be really good. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it's about understanding the system and having faith in the system. And so, you know, like this is when, again, you know, I, I can't emphasize enough. Money is one of my values. It's not my highest value, but it's something that's important. So that's, that's why I cannot emphasize enough, like, you know, having the money to be able to invest in somebody who can teach you the ropes is so important rather than just funding along for the next 30 years and making mistakes. But should money ever be the guiding element when you're making your life decisions? No. no. It shouldn't be the only thing. Okay, obviously, you know, if you want to buy a house and all that stuff, that is important, right? But it's also got to do with your values. Yeah, so, you know, let's let's talk about, let's forget the fact that, you know, money is always going to be there in the background of our lives, okay? Um, unless you totally need a zero spending lifestyle and that's just very difficult for the bulk of us, okay? Yeah. So, um, so you always have to factor the fact that it's going to be there in the background. But then, you know, what are your other values? You know, how does this thing serve you? Embarking on growth? Like, what would this do to you? What would this do for people around you? So questions yeah. like that will actually help you to actually push through the discomfort 
So, so what you're saying is, you know, you, you have clarity around what your needs are, what your wants are, and prioritizing this, and also giving yourself permission to change those priorities based on what you're experiencing in life in that moment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, always always have reviews, you know, like every every three months, every six months, every one year, I always hold all these reviews to myself, and even with people who are important to me, to make sure that I'm actually on the right track. So, you know, within, so let's say I set a big, a meta goal for three months, then I don't have to worry too much okay. during these three months. And, oh, am I going the right way? Am I going the wrong way? I'm going to stick with it. And I'm going to see, you know, obviously, you know, if something's really jarring and bad, then I know when to can the project, right? But generally, yeah, 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 I, yeah. Make, I make sure that if I really have this like three months and six months blocked out, I don't have to worry so much because I know I'm going to review it anyway. So a life audit of sorts, right? Oh, of course, yes. So, so how do you do that? What is your process when you run this review? So let's start with what was in the Lunar New Year. So I'm Chinese, so Lunar New Year is very important to me. For me, it's the real beginning of the new year, rather than arbitrary 1st January. Okay. So that is important. So essentially, you know, I will look at what do I, what do I want for this year going ahead? And want means, you know, what, how do I want to feel? You know, do I want to feel strong? Do I want to feel in control? Do I want to feel connected? Do I want to feel loving? Things like that. So the, and then I will come up with some ideas. I'll write you know, something about why, what's informing this and what's going on, and what are my goals as well. And so, you know, what's going on right now? What, what, how do I want to feel? Where do I want to be? So this is essentially um, now, and then future. And then um, I will cartograph a plan to get me, you know, to draw that map to get me from here to there. So this essentially is what happens in a year, and I've been living that way on the stuff, running all these micro-reviews, okay? Um, and then, okay. then now we, let's run to the next year, okay? So let's say it's the next year, and then I can actually read back okay. what's been going on. You know, read back what I wrote a year ago and then ask myself, okay, like, which have, which of this have I actually done? And how, why have I done that? You know, what have I not done? And it's not in terms of beating myself up. It's about, you know, did my priorities change? You know, uh, did, did, yeah, or, you know, what have I learned? And what do I want to bring forward? So essentially, you know, what's been great? What's not so great? What have I done differently? What am I really, really thankful for? That makes sense. What can I bring forward with me? Okay. You do that once a year or you, you do that? Well, I do that once, uh, like the big things, I do that once a year in terms of like a whole year kind of outlook. But then like every like every month, I also have certain goals. Every week, I have certain goals. So everything is just sort of broken down to different bits. And it doesn't take a long time. Like obviously, okay. the yearly reviews take about half an hour. But then the, the weekly, monthly reviews take about like 10 minutes. It's basically like, you know, if you have 10 minutes to scroll Instagram, you really have 10 minutes to sort it out. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, which uh, brings me to my another big question is that, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people invest. Now, we talked about people who have it all, people who have achieved their passion. And then there are people yeah. who are living life a certain way or doing whatever. But they reach a point and they realize mm -hmm. that things have not gone their way. They have really not, or, you know, they could be in their 30s, they could be in their 40s, and they realize that, you know, I've, I've not done any of what I thought I would have accomplished by this age. And that leads to mm -hmm. massive disappointment, depression, and suddenly, you know, life is spiraling for these people. So, And I know that you have, in, in, a, in a span of two years, you went through a lot of trauma, a lot of, you know, you faced a lot yeah. of issues. So I know yeah. even not just as an expert, but as someone who's experienced it, you how does a person come out of that pit of disappointment? First thing is life happens. You didn't sign up for that, but there's something that you can control henceforth. So what do I want to do henceforth? What do I know is going to set me back going forward? So essentially, I know that beating myself up, not forgiving myself, you know, not sorting out the root of traumas, or understanding why the hell that happened, that's going to cost me to spend another 10 years in hell. I don't want to spend 10 years in hell. So this is basically what I call, you know, like in a rather vulgar way, taking life by the balls. So <laughs> you have to take life by the balls. And at the same time, you also want to look back, not in a, not in a, like, you know, in a way where you're tricking yourself, you know, because we you know, we're so good at tricking ourselves, right? So you want to yes. look back and say, you know what, like, even though this is two years that happened, what have I also learned? The fact that I'm sitting here and taking control, what has changed within me? And you're going to realize, and then like for me as well, um, not everybody's going to subscribe to this. For me, essentially, it's like, you know, I don't believe in killing your demons. I believe in making your demons work for you. So what are my demons? Everybody has got demons. Okay, demons are, you know, like the old things that haunt us, the stories that we have. Um, demons are the old traumas that people have hurt us. Or, you know, demons are even health issues. 
the fact uh, in some ways in which we are wired, some of us you know, are wired to think a bit too much, you know, super type A, you know, super stuff like that. So this can be our demons at times, and you know what, like, let's just make demons work for you. And so when you come to that kind of thing, it actually empowers you a lot, way beyond the very abstract way of, oh, let's step into your power. How long do you step into your power until, you know, you actually make that really strong commitment to yourself? And another thing would be, you know, don't tell everybody. People always have a lot of stupid ideas. People always have a lot of things to dissuade you, unless there's somebody you trust. Yeah. And somebody whom, you know, that you're paying to get you out of that, you know, to keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, life will happen, and sometimes you, fall yourself, you find yourself off track. But a lot of times that's because, you know, like, um, we don't dare to stand up for ourselves. Or we are not living according to our values because we don't know our values. Or, you know, it's like it's just something just sucked us down the rabbit hole. And you ask yourself, what made me go off the rails for so long? You know, like, because we all fundamentally know during our darkest times that something is not going right. We right. can do something differently. But why are we not doing that? So this is all just like little gaps that you got to plug and you got to strengthen. Right. You, you know, a lot of people, a lot of um, entrepreneurs say things like, you know, don't change the goal, change the plan. But I think if things haven't worked out for you for a really long time, isn't it a possibility that you were never on the right path? That what you had set Precisely. up, right, yeah. that you've set up as this yeah. big goal yeah. w- was never meant to be your goal, right? Yeah, so so again, you know, it's really not about having all this like, black and white thing, goal versus plan, goal and plan, not versus goal versus plan. Yeah. And this is something that Seth Gordon says, winners quit often, early and without guilt. You've got to be able to learn how to quit. You're not quitting yourself. You're quitting this task that you're doing. So in the end, you know, if this is bringing you towards the version of who you want to be and, you know, like the circumstances in your life that you want to build, then it's great. So for instance, like, you know, for, um, uh, like I could be trying to learn a new reading method and that doesn't align with the way my brain is wired. So maybe I quit two weeks mm-hmm. and I give like my best mindset into it and it's just not working. Does it mean I'm a failure if I do it wrongly? No, it just means it doesn't work. So let me do something that actually works for me. That's me quitting. But that's also me quitting into the freedom to become better yeah, in my yeah. life. That has a lot of uh, meaning there because not a lot of people, in fact, I have rarely met anyone who gives themselves permission to fail when they're in that getting started phase. They're so motivated, so driven. And this they, there's this refusal to fail. And I think that that would drive you crazy because the outcome is not in your control. But yeah. a lot of people think that if I give myself permission to fail, yeah. I will fail for a fact. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on what, how you define failure. Like, I'm a perfectionist. You know, people say that, oh, that's type A. I'm like, no, I'm type A, class, class, class. <laughs> Not cool. Okay? But then, you know, like, again, you've got to have a different relationship with failure because we fail every day. Like, for instance, you know, like, I think you have had this audit on how you failed in your life. Every day I fail if I think about how I don't have, like, three hours of concentration spent in one block. That's a failure. I fail because I really don't know how to park a car. Okay, even though I have a driving license. You learn to laugh at some things that you fail and don't get too precious about that. So, you know, you know how to dedicate your emotional and your energetic resources and your time resources. So, for instance, you know, like, um, it's not about failing in a certain thing. Don't get too precious about, you know, like, I need this thing to go from A to Z in a certain way. So, what's my big outcome? And if this thing hasn't ever experimented with, doesn't work, and you give it, like, two chances, then bam, let me move on to the next one. Okay. That doesn't make you a failure. That just makes you adaptive. It's like, you know, rebranding things in the market, right? So if a product doesn't sit well with the crowd, uh-huh. because uh-huh. for instance, the name just sounds wrong culturally, then rebrand it. It doesn't make you a failure. It makes you actually very intelligent because you're able, wise, because you can adjust your wins according to the sales. And I wish more yeah. people would do that because I think there is a lot of unnecessary struggle happening because they have set up this idea and they're trying so hard to live up to it, yeah. even if, you know, maybe something yeah. else is better for you. Yeah. It's like being a gambler, you know, like the, the next round, the next round. And actually, you know, but what, what exactly is, yes. what have you learned from this? You know, what can you, what have you learned about yourself from this whole thing? And when you, you have to do this thing of zooming in and zooming out, you know, so like you for perspective, zoom out. So think about what's going to happen in your life. Don't get caught up in throwing the dice and getting, um, getting glued to the table because you've got to gamble intelligently as well. If a table is rigged against you, then you know what, like time to stop. 
it doesn't mean stop your goal of wanting to create this life or stop your goal of becoming a better person. It just means stop this method that is going wrong. Yeah. You only have one life as yourself, you know, whether or not you believe in reincarnation, you have this one life as yourself. So how are you going to live it? So then, you know, that, that comes to, you know, I've got to end soon. So, you know, let me just end with this, okay? So this got to end. Ask yourself, like, you know, if you were to die tonight, would you actually have lived a full life? And if your answer is no, if you haven't done what you need to do, then ask yourself, what can I do to live that full life where I will die without regrets? It's not morbid because we all are going to die anyway. Yes, of course. That's very, that's profound. I, I hope yeah. people make note of that because that's going to help them say, you yeah. know, n- not invest yeah. their time in, a, in the wrong direction. I want to ask you this one question that I ask all my uh, all okay. guests. Okay. If there was just one okay. tip you could give to the listeners out there, what would be that one tip that could help them enhance their life? So don't wait till you're in crisis to do something about things. Start now. You know, like for instance, that's, okay, so I'm a psychologist. So I talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. Mental health isn't about waking up overnight, um, waking up from your sleep the, um, the night before and having a panic attack or having something that qualifies you for a diagnosis and treatment and worse still medication. That doesn't happen. That takes a really long time to get there. So you know what? You don't save money only when you're in big crazy debt. Okay? You don't, you don't learn to be fit only when you're fat and you're overweight, you know, and you're, and the doctor is saying that your heart is giving way. So you got to learn how to take care of your brain and keep it sharp. Take care of your energy in your body. And when that happens, you pay dividends. So don't wait, don't, don't, don't wait till you're in deep, deep, deep trouble before you gingerly call someone for help. Sort it out now. That makes sense. Uh, are there any resources of your own or any other resources that you would recommend, uh, you know, for people to learn and grow? Uh, on my website, when you sign up to my mailing list, you actually get this free thing that is about I think, seven or five morning rituals to help you win your day. I'm actually going to be creating okay. something to, with okay. regards to night rituals to win your day. Um, essentially, you look through my website mm. and I also write okay. for Mind Body Green most um, quite regularly and I consult on Business Insider very regularly as well so if you just google Patron Neal, um, My Body Green or Business Insider there's going to be a lot of resources there out there okay I know that you offer online sessions as well mm-hmm. yeah uh, so if you could just let people know about that because I think it's it's a pandemic world I think they'll find that useful so yeah well like I said you know don't wait to emergencies to do something about things um, and so I work with my clients in AVIC programs and this essentially creates accountability for them so I'm mapping the past, the present, the future without getting obsessed with the past. But we need to close that, essentially. Okay? And so a programs keep you accountable. You know, there's a week where everybody's going to feel really, really good. And then they're going to climb and climb and climb. And then there's a week they're going to relapse. And actually, it's what happens to you during the relapse week that actually determines everything that's going to happen in future. So we have to plan that because a lot of people feel like, you know what, I feel really good. Let me just disappear. That doesn't happen. So eight weeks is structured to either help, to help you, you know, um, for my clients that come to me because something's really bad in their life and you know like they cannot run away from it anymore or something's really good in their life and they want to get even better so either way you know even if something starts off very bad we're going to end up with very very good you know we're going to create goals way beyond let's clean the wound we're going to be like let's give you a whole you know the new, new bill of health kind of thing wow. okay let's help you to run let's help you to you know, you know like up your business and everything else alongside the you know like i'm having panic attacks or alongside i am leaving a psychopath who's abusing me so it's a lot about creating amazing things in your life not just about getting rid of crap so if you're interested in that you can easily go to my website um, perpetualneo.com slash connect and you can send me an email or you can basically book a call with me Oh, that sounds yeah. exciting and incredibly useful. So I'm, I'm so glad that uh, we did this interview. Thank you so much for having me today. That was Perpetual Neo. And if you found this episode enjoyable, you should really explore her website because it shares these amazing insights into the human psyche and what may be holding you back in life. Begin with the about page and you'll be hooked as I was. Now, I know that we discussed a whole lot in this episode. We covered a lot of ground, but out of everything that we covered, out of everything we discussed, I hope you take away a few points for sure. Number one, as Perpetua said, you must learn to manage your energy in an effective manner so that you don't burn out. That's a problem that a lot of us face at a very early age. And if you do feel that things are spiraling out of control, ask for help. 
And please don't wait to hit crisis point. Point number two, remember that growth begins with self-exploration. Use the tactics Perpetua shared and see where they take you. But keep in mind that as you learn more about yourself, it's important to put that knowledge to use. Keep reviewing your goals and keep reevaluating your priorities to make sure that you are on a path that actually serves you. And no matter the direction you've chosen in life, give yourself permission to fail. Because, and this is something I want to clarify further, if you don't give yourself permission to fail, you will not learn or grow. More importantly, if you work with an active fear of failure occupying part of your mental space, then you're going to lose out on important opportunities and make a lot of wrong decisions. Pretty much every venture in life has an element of risk to it. And if you want to succeed, you have to take on that risk. You have to embrace even failure as it comes. And instead of beating yourself up, make it an opportunity for growth. Basically, giving yourself permission to fail simply means opening yourself up to learning. And you can absolutely continue to follow the same goals, but you must do it without jeopardizing your well-being. So if you have a goal that's bigger than anything you've, ever, you've done so far in life, there is a very good possibility that it, it's going to, that there are going to be setbacks and you have to be okay with that. And if you feel that failure is going to hurt your self-esteem or it's going to put you in a state of mind that's dangerous, then you need to walk away. Either you walk away or you first build up your strength, try to cultivate a frame of mind or, or a mental space that's conducive to that kind of venture and then you go back to it. But nothing in this world is worth jeopardizing your health for because if that fails, if your body gives up on you, you're, you're going to fail on every other front as well. Also consider this, if something keeps evading your grasp, be it a relationship, a personal venture, you need to take a beat and consider the possible reasons for the continuous disappointment. You can live the life you want, absolutely, but there is more than one way to get there. So keep that in mind and allow yourself to change directions as and when necessary. If you need further help, further guidance, you can book a session with Perpetua on our website. The relevant links will be on redefinednarrative.com. Search for the podcast episode and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. Now, if you found today's episode useful, I'll appreciate it if you'll please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at Mehra underscore Krati so that I can thank you for your time. Also, if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on this show, reach out to me on Insta or use the contact page on my blog. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next week. Till then, please take care of yourself.